Hello and welcome to a very special Strange Shenanigans episode. We are coming to you from the new and illustrious studios <laughs> of Strange Shenanigans in our new permanent home. Um, by illustrious, I mean we have one shelf, two folding chairs, and two beers. But it's getting there. Right? Yep. It's already closer than it was a week ago. Yes. So we welcome you to name our new studio that's in progress. So make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram under Strange Shenanigans or The Strange Show. And use hashtag name our studio. Tell us what we're going to name our studio. So first up on Strange Shenanigans, I'm going to talk about hippo homes. Yeah. Because hippos are awesome. Hippos are awesome. What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm going to wing it. You're going to wing it? I didn't plan nothing. Oh, Oh, and he's opening the beer. Hold my beer. I'm about to wing our podcast. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about the hippo that was going to solve the meat crisis. Right. You want to eat some hippos? Who doesn't? Some hippo bacon? Who doesn't want to eat some hippo? All right, let's get into it. So, there was a meat crisis in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And this food crisis was because of lack of access to meat. So the citizens of America were claiming that people who who had, you know, cattle, sheep, who bred animals to eat were hiking the prices up so nobody could afford them on purpose. So they couldn't afford food. And the other issue was there was this weird plant called the hyacinth that grew in water to the point that it clogged up all of the waterways. So then we had this meat crisis and then these poor animals couldn't drink anything. So it was an awful combination. So then our lovely people in Congress decided to have a hippo bill. A hippo bill? A hippo bill. <laughs> so they were gonna bring in the hippos from Africa and the Hippo Bill, it was, um, you can look this up. The Hippo Bill House Resolution 23-261. So that's the Hippo Bill House Resolution 23-261. This is a real thing. Like, I wish I wish I was making this up, but I'm not. <laughs> so the Hippo Bill came to us in 1910, right in the middle of this food crisis that had been going on for a little bit now. So their thought was that we're going to bring in some hippos from Africa because that's some really easy shipping right there. Right. <laughs> and we're going to have the hippos solve both of our problems. The hippos are going to come in and solve our meat crisis because hippos have tons of flesh. They're more flesh than, you know, fat. And then I guess we're just going to live off of hippo fat or flesh. And they, since they eat so many plants, they're going to come in and they're going to eat this weird water hyensis Hyacinth. Hyacinth. They're going to eat this weird water plant that's clogging up the waterways and causing just droughts. So this was the theory. But there are a few things that early on you could kind of see that there were going to be issues with this plan, but they kind of ignored it. First off, hippos are huge, okay? But they actually only eat about 80 to 88 pounds of food a day which is not a lot for how big they are. So a male hippo can weigh almost 10,000 pounds, but even if you weigh 10,000 pounds as a hippo, you're still only eating that 80 to just barely 90 pounds of food. 
So hippos actually eat the least amount of food for animals in like that waste class. That's crazy. Right? And hippos prefer to eat grass. So if they find any grass, water grass, anything, they're going to gravitate towards that instead. But those are things they didn't think of at first. <laughs> so they thought that if, if they put these, these hippos... And instead of grazing, like, you know, cattle grazes, they thought they would put them in swamps and bayous. So they thought it'd be what their order used to in Africa. But they didn't actually plan how they were going to get the hippos to America. So that was like the first flaw that this was not going to happen. So they brought this bill in in 1910, and the biggest advocate for the bill was a Louisiana man named Robert Broussard. So he was a huge advocate for this hippo bill, and it's all he would talk about. And they thought, he thought that it would solve all of our problems, and he was like, yeah, bring the hippos over. They can use some of our land in Louisiana. Nobody took this up with, like, the citizens of Louisiana. <laughs> but that's, he was like, oh, this is fine. This is going to be great. And he said that they were going to make, uh, essentially, like, bacon out of the hippos to eat. <laughs> that was his plan, was to, to make hippo bacon, I guess. <laughs> Instead of impossible meat, hippocratical right? meat. Right, hippocratical <laughs> meat. Because it's hippo what? meat. Ah! So yeah, joke. This was their plan to solve the meat crisis. Instead of lowering the price of meat and unclogging the water waste in this invasive plant that came from growing cotton, they were like, let's bring some hippos in. Something else that we have later found out can get invasive. Right. Like Mexico, you know. And uh, just eat, eat some hippos in the process. So anyway. So this guy's plan was to bring the hippos to Louisiana and say, we're going to cage them around the areas where we want them all to live and eat the specific plant. And then when we get sick of them or need to solve the meat crisis, we're just going to pick one. And that's what we're going to pick and eat <laughs> and sell or feed to the people. That wasn't really clear. And he claims that his... He said that animal's flesh is excellent in quality and that it is easily kept. I don't know. I've never tested this. If you've eaten a hippo, could you please find us on Twitter under The Strange Show and tell us what does hippo taste like? I, I, I have a question, though. So, well, the, the, the animal that statistically kills the most people in America is the cow, right? Right. Okay. Does he at any point uh, go into how just vicious and violent-natured hippos are? No, actually. So he's working with this guy named Dr. Irwin. And I, I think that's hilarious that it's Irwin. But anyway. Crikey! Exactly. So he's working <laughs> with this guy, Irwin. And Irwin actually says that um, people who have handled them tell me they are very easily tamed and become very <laughs> much attached to man. So attached to snapping them in that's half. That's what. I, so it's funny you bring that up. To I all have an things. answer. So you had no plan <laughs> and did not realize. No, no. These no. two guys had no plan at all. And so, like I said, their plan because travels can hippos can travel up to fifty miles over just overnight. Wow. So his plan was to build the fence around them so they couldn't graze and travel, and they would only eat what they wanted to eat. But then the U.S. agriculture was like, 
But how are you going to fence in the waterways where the parts you want to eat? And how are you going to stop them from eating the grass yeah. along the waterways since they prefer to eat grass? And you can bring in all the hippos you want. They're only going to eat 80 pounds of food, even if they weigh 10,000 pounds. Yeah. But he didn't care about that because he wanted to make Lake Cow Bacon. That's <laughs> what he named it. That's awesome. So the bill never went through, unfortunately, or we could all have pet hippos right now. <laughs> so they, the U.S. agriculture didn't buy that we could fence in the hippos and force them to eat the invasive plants. <laughs> the agriculture also didn't really believe that they would only stay like where we put them in the bayous mm-hmm. or in the swamps. He was like, no, no, if we put in a big fence around that. And they were like, no, you can't put in a big fence around huge swamps and bayous. It doesn't work right. that way. No. <laughs> and then the other issue is the biggest reason um, our hippo plan didn't go through. Because they maybe, I don't know, they could have solved the fence issue that they were very set on to hold back a, a, a hippo maybe they could have i don't know but the biggest issue i guess is right when this bill was about to move up to the next level um world war one happened <laughs> that'll put a stop to a dumbass so, hippo yep yep it says the emergence of world war one and the global devastation it caused meant that other priorities will ultimately see the efforts fizzle out well I've got and a so question. the HIPAA bill never went up to the next level because World War One happened. I've got a question. Would this have solved global warming, though? Because we're eating all these cows, and supposedly cows are the... Cows mm-hmm. in their... In their farts. Their release of methane gas yeah. through farting yeah. is the reason why we're all going to die and the polar bears are going extinct. So if we had hippos, do hippos release a lot of methane gas? I would assume so. That's a great question. Yeah. But does the living in water like balance out, I guess, I where it so. goes? I don't know. I have four boys. I'm going to tell you right now, the cows are not the problem. Oh. <laughs> but I don't So we never really, we never got to see what happened with this hippo bill. I know. Could have had the Hippocratical burger. We could have. But there's some weird American history for you. <laughs> we once tried bring hippos in and we also answer the question we always ask on strange shenanigans can Can we we eat eat it it? yeah (laughs) Uh, we'll be right back uh i'm gonna talk about freaking cannibals what what (laughs) okay and we're back we're back okay so we're gonna talk about the history of cannibalism, right? There's uh, many uh, instances of cannibalism throughout history. Um, uh, some uh, are seem like far-fetched nonsense or political nonsense. Some seem like it actually happened and those people were disgusting. Um, it goes all the way back to uh, the Neanderthals. So they found evidence that Neanderthals and uh, early man uh, didn't mind eating the weakest of the, of the group. Survival of the fittest, man. Right. Uh, there's actually a disease that can only be spread through cannibalism, and that is believed to actually have been what wiped out the Neanderthals into extinction because they were so busy eating each other that they gave, they transmitted this disease all over the place. 
Um, human bones and skulls were found in Goes Cave in Somerset, England that show well, around 15,000 years ago ritual, ritualistic cannibalism was practiced in Stone Age Britain. How do you determine what person you want to eat? Uh, well... I, I don't know. It doesn't say yet. Do we're, we're, we'll find out. Maybe there's some people who will actually tell <laughs> I'm us. I'm just wondering, like, if you see somebody, do you look at them and you're like, oh, I want to eat that. Uh, there's uh, there's early history of cannibalism. Like I said, some of these sound awfully uh, like uh, like political espionage and stuff like that. <laughs> and just, But uh, Phalaris, uh from 570 to 554 B.C., ruled uh, the Greeks settled Argentino in Sicily. Uh, he was considered a tyrant and was also known to consume babies. Ew. During the uh, Peloponnesian War in the 5th century BC, uh, the Athenian siege of Corinthian colony uh, Podida reduced its inhabitants to cannibalism, according to uh, Athenian historians. Uh, during the fifth, first uh, Mithridatic War, 89-85 BC, Roman general uh, Sulla laid siege to Athens, which was uh, loyal to uh, Mithridates, V.I. of Pontus. Uh, threatened by starvation, the Athenians resorted to eating each other. Mm. Uh, so mostly it's written about by Greeks, so I'm assuming they're just like, all, all these people are savages, so they must have eaten each other. Um, during the siege of Jerusalem... In 70 AD, uh, there was a woman who was said to have cannibalized her children. Jeez, right? that's awful. These are like small instances. Where's the big ones? Middle Ages. Here's where it probably gets gross, okay? Um, the uh, harrying of the North in 1070, survivors were forced to resort to cannibalism to avoid starvation from the resulting famine. Um, Tibetan Buddhists would ritualistically consume the flesh of deceased people who were believed to have been born as Brahmins seven times in order to absorb their essence. Ew. Uh, Waldenasians were accused of cannibalism by Inquisition reports, so that probably didn't happen. Probably not. Mm -hmm. The uh, Mongols were reported by several European chroniclers, so probably bullshit, to have engaged in cannibalism. Uh, they alleged that they would only do so out of necessity. And to instill fear in others, which seems also not real. I mean, all you have to do is say it, and we'd be scared of you. You don't actually right? have to do it. No. Ew. So the uh, Wari people practice endo-cannibalism, which is specifically the cannibalism of already dead people. Mm. The Aztec pr practice cannibalism to some extent. Um, they don't know how widespread it was, but... Uh, it seemed to be a fairly significant part of some Aztec's diet. Yuck. Significant part? Right. Um, let's see. During uh, 1503, a bunch of Quizblosh militants ate the corpses of their enemies after taking over a fort in Iran. Um, ooh, a, f a couple Frenchmen. You know they're weird. In 1521, two Frenchmen uh, were executed... For the murder and for lycanthropy, for being werewolves, after they admitted to having killed and eaten six children while they were transformed into werewolves. So they were just insane. Mm -hmm. This is a 
We've talked about this before. In France and Germany, there was a whole period of time where these psychopaths uh, believed that they were like selling their souls to the devil to become werewolves. Yes. Uh, when in reality, they were just serial killers who ate people. Who were just nuns. Yeah. Go back on Strange Shenanigans Season 1. We have episodes about werewolves and episodes about selling your soul to the devil. Right. Uh, you should all know this name, Mr. Peter Stump. The werewolf of Bedburg. Uh, he ate his own children and lots of other people. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, that, that was the werewolf we talked about specifically in one of our former episodes. Uh, in 1598, uh, Nicholas Dumont was uh, charged with the murder of 50 children in, the, in a French town. After their remains were found in his home, several partially eaten cuts of human flesh as well. Gross. He admitted to having abducted, killed, eaten his victims during psychotic episodes, but denied accusations by their authorities that he was a werewolf. <laughs> no, don't you dare call me a werewolf. I'm just crazy. I'm just disgusted. <laughs> that, that was a massive way of explaining away how somebody could do something so impossibly disgusting of the time because people just couldn't believe that any regular human could eat another person. So it was easier to say they were a werewolf. It was easier to say that they were Or some other demon being. Oh, another Frenchman, a young man named Jean Grenier, claimed in 1603 that he was a werewolf and had killed and eaten 50 children who had recently gone missing from the town of Saint-Sever. How do you not catch a guy... 50 children? ...who abducted 50 children... Like, there's no free candy vans right? then. It How should kind of be a little on the obvious side. Bringing it to uh, the, the great U.S. of A. in Jamestown, Virginia. Oh, Calling this resorted to cannibalism during the period of 1609 to 1610, known as the Starving Time. Not that starving, apparently. After food supplies had diminished, some colonists began to dig up corpses for food. Oh, but they this, were digging them up? Yeah. Gross. During this period, one man was tortured until he confessed to having killed, salted, and eaten his pregnant wife. Oh, He was gross. burned alive for doing so. Good. Right? You deserved it, man. Oh, yikes. A party of Cossacks uh, cannibalized the corpses of Siberian Aborigines, uh... They had previously killed. Doesn't give a reason. They just did it, I guess. Um, uh, in August 20, 1672, an orangist mob lynched and ate parts of two prominent anti-monarchistic politicians, the Grand Pensionary of Holland, uh, John DeWitt, and his brother, the political ally of the Cornell. Wow, these are way too many instances. This is going by hundreds of years. Um, so, so we like never learned... Right? Apparently. Jeez. Let's see. We've got uh, another Frenchman. French showman and soldier Terreri had reportedly engaged in cannibalism. Polish soldier Charles de Mary ate pieces of fellow crew members' severed leg. Um, Let's see. In uh, 1752 in Ottawa, the Chippewa Massacre uh, British trade post of Fort... I don't know how you say that. Boiling and cannibalizing residents and traders. In 1763, North American Indians performed an act of ritual cannibalism on a British soldier during the siege of Fort Detroit. Yuck. Gross. Uh, 
During the uh, French invasion of Russia in 1812, the ill-fated retreat saw some of Napoleon's soldiers resort to cannibalism when facing starvation in the Russian winter. You never invade Russia in the winter. No. It's unless like you're Ukrainian or Finnish. Yeah, don't fuck with the Finnish. The Essex was sunk by a sperm whale in the Pacific Ocean in 1820. Most survivors of Captain Pollard's ship spent 90 days in a small whaling boat before being rescued. Seven of the members who died during the 90 days were documented to have been eaten. Some after they died, two others who were sacrificed for that purpose after drawing lots. So they literally had oh to sit gosh. there and watch themselves get picked to be eaten. Ew. Gross. That's brutal. Right? Oh, it's horrible. Let's, uh, let's bring it up to some present time here. Huh? Oh, please. Right? I was hoping. The 1960s. 60s? Yep. Uh, 1961 in Uganda, the anthropologist Robert B. Egderton was offered a smoked slab of a young woman's buttocks. A truly choice cut, according to the seller. Um, in 1961, indigenous Poppins supposedly killed a Nate Michael Rockefeller. Oh, I know that. While he was exploring southern Netherlands in New Guinea. But that's never been proven. It hasn't that's been a fascinating yet. story. Uh... So, uh, factional violence and cannibalism occurred in the uh, Gongik Zhaon Autonomous Region of Southeast China in 1968 during the Cultural Revolution. In the 1970s, uh, July 13th, police arrested Stanley Baker on charges of killing and cannibalizing a Montana resident. In 1972, uh, Uruguayan Air Force Flight 571 crashed into a glacier in Argentina. They had only eight chocolate bars, a tin of mussels, and three small jars of jam, and a tin of almonds. Um, so eight days after the crash in 1972, they learned that the search had been terminated. The remaining survivors, including the rugby team from Steramellis College and some of their family members and other passengers, mutually agreed to cannibalism. They were rescued after 72 days. The story of the survivors was chronicled in Piers Paul Reed's 1974 memoir, Alive, the story of the Indies survivors. I'm not reading that. There's a there's a documentary about that now. I'm not watching it either. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1972, uh, Martin Hartwell crashed his aircraft near the Arctic Circle in Canada's Northwest Territories. The three passengers died in the month it took searchers to find them, but Hartwell survived by eating one body. Gross. Right. Just gross. 1977 to 1978, the Vampire of Sacramento, Richard Chase, ate parts of his victims and drank their blood to treat his imaginary illness. Well, lovely guy. Ew. Vladislav uh, Hoji, a serial killer from Czechoslovakia, confessed to killing a young woman in 1981. Um, he cut off her lady parts uh, and ate them with mustard. Why with mustard? Why did I have to know that part? (laughs) These get more and more gruesome. In 1988, Rick Gibson tried to eat a slice of human testicle in Vancouver, uh, but was stopped by the police. However, the charge was dropped, and he finally ate a testicle or devoir in Vancouver in 1989. With mustard? Doesn't say. Maybe some relish. Um... We all know Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't need to go into that shit. That's overplayed. We all know. Super overplayed. Right? 
We don't like to be mainstream here on Strange Shenanigans. Because then it's not strange. In uh, between 1997 and 1998, Mikhail Malashev murdered at least two acquaintances and cannibalized their remains at his apartment in Perm, Russia. He was sentenced to 25 years imprisonment with two terms time served for these murders and multiple counts of animal cruelty. Don't worry, though. He was released in October of 2022 um, because that's Russia. Uh, so more news about him to come apparently mm-hmm. because he's gonna do it again what <laughs> in august 13th 1999 uh kazakhstani authorities arrest three male psychiatric nurses on charges of killing and eating seven prostitutes that's a lot of prostitutes man that's so gross and on to current time. Oh, please, current time. You're saying 99's not current time, man? Oh, it keeps going, man. Jeez. In uh, February 2000, Catherine Knight killed her partner, John Price, cooked his, cooked his corpse, and later prepared to serve it to his children. That's fucked up, I've man. I've seen that documentary. That was disgusting. The police officer actually walked into the house and saw all this prepared meat, but and then there was a big chunk thrown through a window out onto the front yard. And they found her, but they couldn't find her uh, her former former boyfriend. And uh, he went to go into a pantry closet, and there was a curtain in front of it. And he moved the curtain, and he saw blood and all sorts of nasty shit. And then he realized that the curtain wasn't a curtain, but the dude's skin. Ew. Yeah, she was. Uh, she had skinned him, butchered him, and was waiting for his daughters to get home to feed him to them. Gross. Yeah, it was fucked. Okay, in uh, 2001, in Kansas City, Mark Sappington went on a murder spree and was subsequently convicted of murdering four acquaintances. He gained notoriety for eating part of the leg of one of his victims. Ouch. Uh, In 2002, four Ukrainians were arrested in Kiev for killing and eating a teenage girl. They were suspected of killing at least six people. Evidence showed that the murders may have been influenced by Satanism. Oh. Yeah, yeah. 2003 to 2004, South Korean serial killer Yo Young Chul murdered a total of 21 people, eating the livers of several of his victims. Just the livers, though. I don't, I mean, it's so gross. Right? It's all gross, guys. Stop. In uh, January 5th, 2007, French authorities reported that a prison inmate committed cannibalism on a cellmate in the city of Rowan. Let's see. Wait, were there no, like, Prison guards or something? Well, there must have been. Well, I mean, how would you not notice? It's not a quick process. It's France. They were all on break, Ashley. Okay. On January 13th, 2007, Marco Everacetti hosted a dinner party where the main course was agonalti pasta that was topped with a meatball made from his own fat removed earlier in the year during his liposuction operation. That's weird. That's all. That, that's almost worse than. I don't know how I feel about that. Right? That's just gross. I feel confused right. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. In 2008, a group of 33 undocumented immigrants from the Dominican Republic who were en route to Puerto Rico resulted to cannibalism after they were lost at sea for 15 days before being rescued by the U.S. Coast Guard. They're probably all in America now, too. Let's see. In. 2009, in San Antonio, Texas, 
Audie Sanchez was found in a hysterical state by police, having killed her own son and cannibalized his parts. That's disgusting. Mm, let's see if there's any new ones. I apologize. We started this by talking about cute hippos. Right. And now we're ending it. All right. In 2002, last one, okay? Okay. A couple, Bhagavali Singh and Layla, along with a accomplice, Muhammad Sahif, were arrested in Kerala, India, for performing esoteric human sacrifice. During interrogation, it was revealed that they killed two women and later cooked and ate body parts of victims in hopes of health and prosperity. With mustard? Doesn't say with mustard. <laughs> Does not say with mustard. You know what I've learned about this timeline, though? Cannibalism doesn't discriminate. It doesn't. No, we it does not. All get eaten from really any country and right. any time frame. Right. So, I don't, I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I guess I like that it's an equal opportunity, um, I guess. Right. I mean, I mean, I only read a tiny piece of them. There uh, was just hundreds of entries in there of instances of cannibalism. It's gross. We do not want to hear from you on Twitter. If you <laughs> person. I know in the beginning of the episode, I was like, if you've tried hippo, let us know at the strange show. If you tried people, don't tell us. <laughs> all I can think of is at the, all. the Bob's Burgers episode where the old lady gets off the bus. We're adventurous eaters. <laughs> We're adventurous eaters. I hear you serve human flesh. <laughs> no, just no. <laughs> right? You're going to sleep all the night, huh? Okay, folks. That's all we have for you here at Strange Shenanigans. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed. Right? I hope you had fun. <laughs> if you want any more lists that help... If you not sleep at night, let us know. You can find us on Twitter under The Strange Show and find us on TikTok and Instagram under Strange Shenanigans. We're also on YouTube, MeWe, and Tumblr under the same names. But we're on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter more because we're millennials. So right. Don't, don't forget get. to hit us up on Patreon and give us some money. So that we can get a table and not folding lawn chairs for our studio. That would be sweet. <laughs> but our studio is looking pretty cool. So you can find us on Patreon under Strange Shenanigans. And we want you on any platform to use hashtag name our studio. What? What? So you can name our studio. Yep. Welcome to season two of Strange Shenanigans. Hit subscribe and follow us. See you on the strange side. <laughs>